0: the power of their data. wasabi another boston-based championship team this is the high hopes podcast I hope- it's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the philadelphia phillies on radio.com and sports radio 94 wip
1: yo it is another edition of the high hopes podcast another Zoe is sleeping yo Jack Fritz back in the studio what's up
2: buddy I don't know man that's a pretty good yo for for her sleeping
1: thank you I figured I'd go all out Fritz and I are having a, a, a baseball weekend this weekend aren't we Jack
2: we sure are buddy it's gonna be it's,
1: I, I, yeah it's gonna be good
2: yeah and me you uh our good friend of the podcast Ryan Spader we're, we're all heading up to, to Cooperstown it's gonna be listen for, for true baseball nerds it's gonna be a nerded out weekend yeah,
1: I haven't been since I was like 9 or 10 years old, so I'm, I'm wow, super so psyched. Wow, so like all the way back in the 80s? Been, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty, actually,
2: not that yeah, far I off. <laughs> I know, I know. Good. That was the first <laughs> time I was serious. <laughs> I know, you
1: were actually serious. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's been a really long time, so I'm super psyched to get up there. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll, we'll talk the little Hall of Fame at the end. But Jack, I don't know about you, but this is the most happy I have ever been with a series split.
2: Oh, it's the best series split of all time! We're, oh my God, what a split! We're setting up the, the the streak down Broad Street soon, I think, for the wonderful it, yes, series the series.
1: Split. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was really well. How about the, just thinking about like not just what a a monster split it was to get, like what an up and down ridiculous series that was to lose sixteen to two, to come back the next night to have Neris blow it, and to still come back and win by three runs in the bottom of the ninth, which this team so rarely seems to do then the rain delay lackluster nick pavetta no hitter effort Thank and you. then to to again battle back earlier today we're recording at you know uh, after jack shift late night on thursday night so um I, like what what a series like what a crazy roller coaster of a series
2: the uh, the the phillies split a series in which they allowed 15 home runs it's crazy. That is so absurd. <laughs> like it like they split and I'm very glad they split. But like Fernando Salas is is an, a legitimate option on this team. Like Austin Davis has taken down innings like it was it was a really weird series. They got destroyed on Monday. Everyone felt like crap. Everyone wants to fire everyone. Come back Tuesday it looks like the same thing is gonna happen again, and then Bryce comes through and saves the day, and, and then then a stinker with a huge rain delay that it was a really fun to produce. Uh, two and a half hours of, of Jim Jackson radio, and uh, I love Jim. It's just like that is such a brutal. It was we take two breaks, and it is just straight Phillies takes for for two hours. Um, and
1: let me say, I love WIP callers. Not the best sample set. There, there are much better callers to WIP than the ones who seem to call into Jim
2: Jackson during the rain delays. Uh the rain, the, the rain delay is very, very tough. But uh, it's and then, a tough time. It is a tough time today. I was, I just felt like it was gonna that that game today felt like a loss. Um, uh, and they come back and and they win. I mean, Aaron Nola wasn't good, uh, especially coming off of the Nick Pivetta no hitter. Um, but it was just, it, it was a weird, a weird series. And thank God they split because I fr- I hate that Dodgers team. I really do. Like they're so arrogant. They think they run baseball. Like they're they're they they're very annoying. I I am envious of the position they are in, but I am rooting against them at every step of the way.
1: Yeah, they're really good though. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> like they're, good. They're like really good. But I'm with you. Look, yes, you've gotten the World Series two years in a row. You've also lost in the World Series two years in a row. So maybe win a World Series before you have that kind of swag. Yeah, and the, stuff they, pulled, also...
2: the, the stuff they pulled today was stepping on Hoskins twice. I, I didn't like that. Obviously, Naris did the Neris thing or whatever. But the, the, stepping, not... the stepping on Hoskins was like, what are you guys, 12? Like, uh, it was embarrassing. But it was Bushley. Total yeah. Bush League.
1: No, I'm, I look at you. Jackie Unwritten Rules made an appearance. We'll get into the nearest things. I want, I want your thoughts on that. Why don't we go game by game real quick? Just general thoughts. Um, 16 to 2. I, I mean, not much to say. What's going on with Eflin, man? Like, he is not good.
2: Well, it's his fastball is... His, I thought his fastball was actually decent on Monday. Like, his fastball wasn't the reason he got hurt. He got hurt because his off-speed is just so meh. Like his slider is so bad, it, it's it's it doesn't fool anyone. Hitters don't miss it. It doesn't it doesn't have any sharp break to it. And then yeah, the the, the Eflin streak was fun at the beginning of the year because he's using his fastball and all that. But I think Eflin is a tale of you need to have. Stuff and um, I think Eflin could be a solid pitcher, but if he doesn't develop um, a, a changeup, like a legit, like his changeup, he threw like a couple times the other night. But the only time he can throw that to where it doesn't get crushed is when like a left-handed hitter fouls off like four pitches in a row. Like I, I it was either I think it was Peterson or Verdugo. It was like a two-two count and. Eflin just kept pounding him with fastballs and eventually once they were geared for the fastball he dropped a nice changeup on him but it, that's the only time he can really do it and you have you have that um the fastball was better, but it, when your only pitch is really a fastball, it's just not going to last in 2019. Especially with how teams are have all these detailed scouting reports, and like I'm, the Dodgers, like just watching them this whole series, it was like it, it felt like they knew what was coming. Like they, they they were planning for one pitch, one spot. They knew your ten, the, they knew your trends. They knew where you missed with certain pitches. They knew when you were going to throw a pitch in a certain situation. Like it was just, it was just scouting expertise put on display by the Dodgers this week and the Eflin like Eflin only really having that fastball and then having just a eh, secondary pitches I'm sure the Dodgers were like listen let him get his fastball because if he throws that slider we're gonna do damage on it like that's that's just watching the game it looked like they were kind of spitting on this fastball and like hey he'll get his but once he throws that slider it doesn't move and we should be able to jump all over it. and and teams have have figured out Zach Eflin. So until he comes back with a sharper slider or something than get swings and misses, uh, one of his breaking pitches, he's just going to be a, a four or five that can go on a nice little run. But ultimately teams will figure him out
1: well, that is not encouraging, is it, Jack? Um and he uh, also looked to be a little fair he did get paper cut to death in that one inning. Um, just a, a horrendous inning of baseball. We were at the game for the midday show and it was just, it was tough to watch in person. And then the whole, what's your take on the, not knowing that I still, I still can't figure it out. Like it, like the, with the whole team, not realizing it was the third out or whatever. Like I get it if, if, you know, a majority of the guys aren't realizing it's the third out or aren't realizing it's the third strike, but when everyone on the field doesn't, Put it together. What was your take on that? Did you have any theories on how that kind of played
2: out that way? Well, I mean, uh, um, if you're in the field, right, and you kind of take cues from your pitcher, um, and when the pitcher doesn't know how many outs there are or how many strikes he has, it kind of it kind of makes everyone else question it. Because if you're a pitcher, usually you're on top of the count. Like a pitcher knows. Yeah, the-
1: you should be. You're right. you tells you what you're throwing a lot of times and whatnot.
2: Right. So Howard was on with us tonight, and he was saying that he talked to JT, and JT was like. JT was about to throw to first base because uh, that's what they do after they strike out a guy to end the yep, inning. Yep, yep. Sure. And and Eflin just still on the mound like the inning wasn't over. So uh, it seems like it was on Eflin. It was on Eflin for not knowing the amount of strikes he had or how many outs there Way were. Go F? Which uh, not great. <laughs> Not great,
1: man. Not great. So the application. F- yeah, was it was great. just. It was
2: like, dude, that that game. I mean, the fourth inning, it was like they had the double steal. They had the uh, uh, safety squeeze. They had the safety
1: the- squeeze. When was the last time you saw a safety squeeze? I know.
2: I I honestly I was I loved it. Like I I
1: that oh, was a great the Dodger. It was if you didn't respect the way the Dodgers go about their business prior to that inning, you certainly did after. Yeah, for you sure. You might Be annoyed by them as a team, but I'm talking about the way they play baseball and how smart they are and how just strategic and how talented they, they're they they're a behemoth man
2: well they're they're a well oiled machine they're well coached yeah. and and the thing they did that was so smart was um i think it was verdugo was up he looked like he thought something was on or i forget what the situation was i forget who was up but they kind of they kind of faked a bunt to see who was going to who was breaking where, and how the Phillies' defense was positioned, and then they took advantage of it. They saw that the Phillies showed their hand, and the Dodgers took advantage of it. And then that's that's real value at the margins. That's real winning at the margins. That's that's doing your homework. That's doing your scouting. I know the Phillies have the hardest-working coaching staff in the history of baseball, um, but the coaching staff on the other side this week, I thought just took it to the Phillies. Um, like I, It's not really all Gay's fault or whatever. I just think that – in seeing that Dodgers, that Dodgers coaching staff, and seeing how they executed and and whatnot, it was like that's kind of what the Phillies are are going for. Like, um, so it was just it was it was cool to see that brand of baseball. Obviously, they their fourth in baseball and home runs, like they win that way, but their ability to to um play small ball, manufacture runs, and like then the most damning part of that whole game on Monday, I thought, was when. It was fifteen to two, or sixteen to one, or whatever. And Cody Bellinger hits the ball to second base, and he he beats it out. And it, and meanwhile, Michael Franco does not beat it out. And mm-hmm. when they were leading one nothing, um, and the Phillies uh, could have broken up open the game there. So it was uh it was it was a testament to uh one team is operating on all cylinders and the Phillies who are not there yet.
1: All right, moving on to Tuesday. Before we get to the game, the Franco benching. What what were your thoughts on well, that? Well, it was it was pretty dumb. I mean, it's just weak, man. <laughs> like you didn't bench Segura. you didn't bench Caesar, and now like really, really now it's like oh, I'm benching Franco. Oh, oh. It's like Franco doesn't play anyway because he stinks. Like really, is it? I just I thought it was so weak. I thought it was so like I don't know. I, it just felt like it, there was zero. Impact with that?
2: Yeah, I mean they've been inventing ways to bench Michael Franco for over yeah, a season. Exactly, now. exactly. It's like, oh, cool, you bench Michael Franco again, and and then Gabe comes out and was like, yeah, you know, we had to send a message, but also I think his groin hindered his ability know, to get the first know. base. He
1: even go fully through with it, he was like tabling it.
2: Yeah, I know. Is that Zoe screaming in the back?
1: Was well, Zoe? But she's usually pretty good about making some noise and going back to bed, which I think is what she's doing. Okay, maybe I'll try and yell slightly less.
2: Yeah, well, you know this. They they did split, so shouldn't it shouldn't be too much yelling.
1: <laughs> All right, so we both think the Frango sitting was weak, but look, uh, Brad Miller, big hit in that game. Um, Brad that Miller was, uh, is
2: a butcher on defense, though. Like he oh, is a he terrible is defensive good, third baseman.
1: Not good. <laughs> but that was a game. That was a game that the Phillies last year don't win. That the Phillies. Generally the last month and a half don't win. I when Neris gave up the lead which felt entirely predictable in the moment, um I was sure that game was over Jack.
2: Oh, I don't blame you. I mean, it was it was setting up to be a classic Phillies loss, and like, especially coming off the night before they lose sixteen to two, they they have a league going into the ninth. They blow that. Like, I I give the Phillies a lot of credit for for coming back and, and figuring out a way to win that game. Um, and the, the the my main takeaway from the Walker Bueller six iron run game is that Cornelius Randolph was the obvious pick, and Cornelius Randolph was the correct oh, pick in the moment. Okay. Stop! <laughs> uh, you're just digging the needle in. <laughs> oh, uh, but man. And then, like that was one of those games that, like that was. I feel like that was the first game that Bryce kind of just won. Like he has the the monster home run. Um, he he has obviously that was a monster oh, home run, total monster just home to, run.
1: Yeah, <laughs> to the camera guys at Center Field. Like that was crazy.
2: I know, and he's been so good. And like I'm just, I'm so glad Bryce Harper's here. And I know like he struggled for that little bit and. And he got off to a slow start. But as you have said many times, you know, human beings are going to be human beings. And baseball players are human beings. And the guy moving to a new city, huge contract, uh, face of the sport. Um, pregnant he, wife. Pregnant wife. Ju- literally just bought a house. Like, he just bought a house heading into the, before the Dodgers series. So he finally is settling in. And, and dude, like, the power numbers aren't totally there. I think they're coming around. And he's been on a little bit better of a pace. But the guy, the guy is coming up when it matters, and he is he is delivering when it matters. Remember how like the Nationals fans were like, "Oh, he's not clutch, and he doesn't step up when the team needs him." I mean, that's all he's done here. That's all he's done. The here. The
1: only time he's he's been good is when it's been clutch. It's when crazy. On base and, and yeah, and,
2: and I know people have ripped his, his base running and all that, but like that that kind of aggressiveness that level of base running is something that can energize a team and i think that happened a bit today i mean we'll get to it but i think that happened a bit today where he has that double he gets on second base and he he like th- you follow the lead of your of your highest paid player your franchise player your superstar and i just think bryce has acted like a superstar for the last month he's batted over yeah. 300 i just i i'm so glad that dude's here and i think but we've talked about this a lot that that Philadelphia is going to bring out the best in Bryce Harper and I think we're starting to see the good player Bryce Harper but also the leader of the Bryce Harper the guy that can kind of put the team on his back for a little bit and and because once McCutcheon went down I thought that was the one thing that was really lacking was the accountability in the clubhouse and I I just feel like Bryce is now putting that on his shoulders now that he's actually hitting like he's He's found it at the offensive side of the, uh, of the plate, so um, I, I, I'm so glad that dude's here. And it, the Bryce Harper hot streak has arrived.
1: It has. Uh, first uh, walk off hit as a Philly, which was
2: just awesome. But first I, one I since really, 2017. Lo- huh? First one since
1: 2017. Wow, how about that? Yeah. Um,
2: I feel like that. I feel uh, like that had to be the Edubray Ramos game where where he took Edubray like <laughs> 450 feet to dead center field
1: yeah i remember that homer oh Oh, it was
2: demoralizing it was classic
1: um i'm with you though and i think that look some guys uh lead off the field and kind of are outspoken and all that type of stuff harper is the kind of guy who who lets his play talk for him and lets his like you said he energizes the team with action and with you know um passion on the field and all that type of stuff and I, i i'm with you man i think that's an incredibly underrated aspect of what he's brought to the team. And and like you said, really over the last month, he's been a really, really good, like minus the power numbers being below his norms for his career. He's been really good for a month, like legit good, a good hitter for a month. He's been a defensive superstar all season, which is unbelievable. I mean, how many Bryce Harper gems have we seen? The freaking cannon of an arm. And I'm with you. Like, I have certainly at times said, you know, bleeping Bryce Harper when he's got thrown out in a spot where I'm like, how could you possibly get thrown out there? But more often than not, I prefer the aggressiveness. I like the aggressiveness. I appreciate the aggressiveness, um, and I'll take those times getting thrown out if you know the aggressiveness leads to, to like like you said, can lead to to situations where it really gets the team going in a big game. Um, yeah, that was awesome, man. I, I really, I can't believe they won that game. All right. Uh, not much. To, I feel like the, uh, the rain delay game, we'll call it.
2: Well, no, one it's a, not the rain delay the game. W- it's the, it's the Pavetta no hitter. Let's, let's call for what it is. hitter. One of the worst Phillies
1: games in a long time for me, when you combine the, um, Pavetta not getting a chance to, Finish out his no hitter only, like we knew
2: he would have. Only Mother Nature slowed was going to slow down Nick yes. Pavetta on Monday night. And
1: also, let's not talk about that first inning. But um, just for to wait what two two plus hours, whatever it was, to come back and then stay up till one forty two in the morning to see two hits and that <laughs> drek that we saw. It was just like screw this. Like I was legit annoyed after that one. Like that. That game sucked. I hated it. I hated it, Jack.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, it was I hated it. It was we took we saw we saw Austin Davis taking down some innings. Uh, By the
1: way, it's I meant to say is when you're talking about Austin Davis and Edgar Garcia and these guys. It's always great when guys take down innings and then get sent to the minors like the next day, and guys come up like Fernando Salas. And pitching high leverage innings that day—that's what you want to see from a winning baseball team. Go on, Jack.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Dodgers rolled out Julio Urias, and I know, and I know. The, Urias would be our second best starter. Like okay. he, Ross Stripling today, like same kind of thing. They're just they're just messing around, throwing Joe Kelly in a in a <laughs> seven two ball game. Like I don't know. It's just that was one of those games. The 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 two hit game was one of those games where I was like. Oh, that's what a good baseball team looks like. Like yeah. that's that's how a a fully functioning organization um, looks. Like it, like Austin Davis would be in the a double A pitcher for the Dodgers. Like he wouldn't even sniff the big leagues. And the fact <laughs> that's that true. the fact that they let Austin Davis, the fact that they let Austin Davis even wear number fifty four, I think is totally embarrassing. Ooh, I like that take.
1: And actually, I think there are a lot of players on the Phillies who wouldn't sniff the Bra- uh, Dodgers' double-A team. I mean, the Will Smith is a guy who's been shuttled up and down from the minors for the Dodgers, hit that obviously big home run against the Phillies, uh, who's like a top 30 prospect in baseball or top 40 prospect in baseball, and he's just like, oh, sometimes they bring him up, sometimes they don't. It's crazy. Andrew Knapp wouldn't even be in the Dodgers' system, Jack. Uh, it's It was a little frustrating. That was one of those, like, they're just – so far ahead of where the Phillies are now, type of of moments. Luckily, somehow today, and again, this is the, both of the games they won this series. I really don't know how they won, nor did I expect them to win. Certainly, because if you had asked me how do they win this game today, I would have said because Aaron Nola put them on a, on their back. Right, but Aaron Nola didn't have it today.
2: No, I and mean, then we, we talk about this all the time. But it's it's fastball command, fastball command, fastball command. and when he has to when he has to rely on his curveball more and more, it just it eventually figures the hitters just figure it out and they eventually get hit. Um I, I thought the Dodgers had a, a solid game plan against them. The the backdoor curveball is the lefties. He tried that a lot, and they were just waiting on it, and and they knew when it felt like they knew it was coming. And that, again, that's that's the difference between the Phillies coaching staff and the Dodgers coaching staff is that you the Dodgers coaching staff that that is so detail oriented that they know the trends, they know when you're going to throw your pitches, and the, and they sit on them and they they look to do damage and they slug. And um, I thought that was just another example of that. Um, Nola, I, I'm not worried about Nola. Like I'm, you're allowed to have one start where your fastball can. Yeah, he had had
1: five straight great starts or whatever it was. So
2: right, and I. I I do think that um, his fastball velocity at some point was down to like 88, 89. And I just think when you're pitching on a wet mound, um, like it was legit raining a lot today. I'm surprised it didn't stop the game at all. Um, when you're pitching on when you're pitching on that kind of mound, you, you get a lot of uh, mud in your cleats. Like you don't feel comfortable finishing your pitches. So you're kind of just sliding to the plate. So instead of being able to take a full step and really getting into a pitch, you kind of have to back off a little bit. It's You don't want to back off a little bit, but you kind of just do. Um, and it, you kind of just you know, you, you, you can't fully finish all of your pitches. So I'll, I'll chalk a little bit of, of, of that up to the mound not being up to where it needs to be for him.
1: And yet again, the Phillies find a way to, to pick him up. So many times this season when Nola was struggling. Well, the offense has not um, picked
2: him up often. So, you know, it, it was nice. You know, he's usually going out the last couple of starts at least. No, them, the last
1: uh, few, I'm saying like earlier in the season, they found a way to pick him up in some of those spots. But yes, you're right. Lately, it has been Nola out you know, there battling all by himself.
2: Do you know that Aaron Nola is 15-0 and 0 in his career at home when the Phillies give him four runs? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty crazy stat. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, he didn't get the win today, but he yeah, didn't but get the, he loss, get the today. loss
1: either. Yeah. Um. All right. Real quick. Uh. Should we be worried about Hector Nurse?
2: Um. No. I think he he made some nice mechanical changes in the ninth inning today. I know he gave up the home run, but um. What what they had talked about was the uh, the prior appearances or whatever he's getting a little bit rotational um and not coming straight downhill and when you get rotational with a splitter it doesn't really split as much but if you if you um if you get more downhill and all your momentum is going towards home plate rather than towards the first base side uh, it just gives more um, depth to your to your splitter. So I think he made a nice little adjustment today. I thought he looked fine today. Um, he just has he, he, I think I think the Dodgers are just in his head a little bit. And I think that's why you saw him kind of act out the way that he did today. Um, Which makes sense. The Dodgers well, owned, owned his soul. <laughs> Yeah.
1: For years. I mean, remember that one a couple years ago where it was uh or was it last year? It was, I think it was last year, that game where the back to back to backers to beat him? Yep. That was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, that I mean that was the uh that was the, the last year? That was last year, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was cause it was twenty seventeen because they were in first. So place. I was right, it
1: was two years ago. Yeah, That's because what my initial gut thought was. Yeah. Me and
2: you were at that Adobe place and it was the night that the Phillies or the Flyers got Nolan Patrick and we we're yes. doing the we we're doing the draft stuff. Yes, yes. The, uh, oh, the same night as the Hector Neris pl- <laughs> letting up three straight I, home runs to the Dodgers.
1: so awful. <laughs> I'll never forget it as long as I live. <laughs> Jesus.
2: It was a horrible... So, and like they were in first place at that point, I'm pretty sure. Yes, and then, yeah, I remember
1: it mattered. And it and mattered. Then they, just
2: went the the, they just went into the tank.
1: Yeah, as we saw them do yet again last year. So let's hope we don't have any of that this year. We're done with the Dodgers, Jack. How great is that? Is well, there anything better than being done with the Dodgers? We're done with the Dodgers uh,
2: until the NLDS. That good, well said. Thank you. Well said. Yeah, because we're cause uh, listen. I thoughts? need. I need that matchup. I need that matchup. I want that team again. And like, oh. I I know they're loose. I know they're loose at the Dodgers. But I I, I loathe that team. I I want to beat that team. And I'm and I just. It'd be a fun series. Like, Naris throws at David Freeze. He gets all mad. And and by the way, Hector, like, why are you throwing at David Freeze there? Like, oh, yeah,
1: that's real quick. Do you, do you think that was on purpose?
2: Yes, of course it was on purpose.
1: <laughs> what, what is he doing then? And why is he throwing up near his head, dude? I don't what know.
2: It was, it was really bad. And I
1: hate that. I, I I can't rail against other teams when they do that, and not rail against Hector Naris for being an hat.
2: Well, it was like it was like the, the Dodgers didn't even showboat. They just hit a home run, and you were frustrated. They just hit a
1: home run, and yeah. Matt Beatty just put his bat down and ran.
2: Yeah, I know. And I think I think you're oh, starting you're to so see weak. you're starting to see some of the frustrations with JT because um, JT when when it, when he threw at him, he kind of dropped his glove and was like, "What are you doing?" And and you
1: could see it. You could when you watch, like, look at the freeze frame pictures of stuff. Like, you could see JT just doing the like, what the hell, man? Like, right. that's the the motion that he's doing. When and he it did,
2: and he had to do the same thing today when Her- when Hector, you know, said "fu." If you if you saw the clip, like, he JT turned to the Dodgers dugout and was like, "I know, like, I'm sorry." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so uh, Hector Hector the head case is back. Uh, did, did, I, I miss no oh, doubt Nerys. I miss Hector the protector. I leverage Hector. Where's he at? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But I think uh, I think he'll be fine. I don't understand why he was throwing at Dodgers players. Yeah, they need more relievers. What uh? Do <laughs> you think? Yeah, desperately. I mean, uh, and, dude, know, I I can I can't stand I can't stand the bullpen. I like
1: I'm so done with all of them. Like if I never see, I, I was just about to start listing guys, and let me go the other way. The only guys I'm okay seeing throw a pitch again for the Phillies are Hector Neris. Adam Morgan and believe it or not Fernando Jose Salas. Alvarez. Dude, Jose Alvarez. Everyone else can go. Jose I'm Alvarez.
2: Jose Alvarez is pretty decent.
1: I like Jose Alvarez. I can't believe um, we're at that Jose point. Jose Alvarez is their third best reliever. Uh, Think about that, Jack. Drink. Jose Alvarez is their
2: third best reliever. Uh I need I need, the, I, need that? I need one of those throwback shirts. Of my bullpen makes me drink. No oh, man, does it ever. It's it's like uh, it's it is a Bunch of tri- listen. I was thinking about this today. Those are the guys that are calling up from AAA. How bad is the AAA bullpen? Like if if their best if their best options to bring up are Austin are, Davis Edgar Garcia and Austin Davis. Oh my God, these guys are disasters. And how bad must that Lehigh Valley bullpen be? Uh, although. Ranger Suarez starting to figure it out a little bit. Yeah. Ranger Suarez, two wins this week. How about that guy? Wins matter. They're the only thing that matters when it comes you know, to a pitcher. He's doing so. you know,
1: yeah. You know, so no, he's, he's had a good week. He's gotten some big outs, some big outs today, big outs in the uh, the 9 8 game. So let's get some good stuff there. Um, anything else from the Dodger series or today, Jack?
2: Um, mm, No, no, I'm going to save, save it for, for later.
1: Okay. Obviously, with the Pirates series, we're just going to say sweep or or two or three. Yeah, or three.
2: and what worries me though is like I think the Pirates are kind of frisky. Like, I, I yeah, look, they're only a few back. They're like one of those teams that we know will not really
1: be in the wild card on at the end, but is still technically in the wild card on.
2: Yeah, and I just think that once you get to the bullpen, you know, you're if you if you if you're behind, it's going to be hard to come back against a Kyle Crick and Felipe Vasquez. It's not going to be like, uh, it's not going to be the Jansen thing, which Jansen kind of looks cooked. Um, so I just think I that
1: loved how he blamed it on the uh the Hazley comebackers. Like, should have taken myself out of the game, that was the issue. It's right, like, right, all right, right, buddy,
2: yeah, it wasn't, you look like trash. It wasn't that your fastball velocity is severely declined. No, um, oh, speaking of Adam Hazley, I mean, first home run, oh,
1: oh yeah, how about that? A nice, nice shot, too. He was jacked, you could see it.
2: Yeah, he's he's got some he's got some quick hands, man. And yeah, this whole Dodger series, like he sometimes he looked overmatched. And I think that's fine for a guy that should probably still be playing in AAA. Um, but I just think that he's got quick hands, and he he made solid contact all throughout. He he got some bad luck. He smoked some balls that were just right at people, right in the shift. Um, I'm in, I'm I want to see Adam Hazley play more. I, I don't want to see Nick Williams play um, left field if they don't have to. Like I would I would much rather have uh, Kingery in center uh, Hazley in left. I guess Franco at third base, but I, I just want I want Adam Hazley to play over Nick Williams because we kind of know what Nick Williams is at this point, and 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 I just want to see I want to see what Hazley can bring to the table. Um, he works some good counts. Uh, I, I I think he just overall he just has solid bat to ball skills. So um, I I really like the series from Adam Hazley for sure. Uh, but I forget what we're talking about, so we'll get back to that. That was it. Cosine.
1: Uh, what we we're going to talk about. Um, if you're done with Dodger series before we get to your note bag and all that, uh, hall of fame, we're going up there. I think a, uh, a very good class and obviously one of our own there. Uh, what's it like for you? I know someone who was a huge doc fan, uh, to see Roy Halladay go in the hall of fame. Obviously the, the bittersweet part of it, um, you know, that he won't be there for it and, and the tragedy and all that. But, um, just as a fan of Roy Halladay, uh, a young pitcher, Watching Roy, trying to mimic him, trying to do all that stuff. What's it like for you to see uh, how they go in?
2: Yeah, it, it hasn't fully set in yet. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I'm glad he's going in. I, 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 I'm sure there's people that like that were worried he wasn't going to make the Hall of Fame. Like he might not have been a Hall of Famer. But I, just that guy was the ultimate competitor. Just hearing the legendary stories of his work ethic and his focus and all that. Um, I, I just. He was he for every young pitcher like the, the we like we as Phillies fans were able to watch Roy Halliday and Chase Utley um do their thing in our city and I think like we're gonna look back on that and say those were two of the last true ball players like those guys were just. Absolute baseball players, and they they push each other to new limits, and just like seeing Utley um, blossom into the star he turned into, and just hearing his stories, and then Doc coming in, and Doc almost one-upping Chase Utley, which I didn't think was possible. Um, and two guys that like I just Roy Halladay for every young pitcher was a guy that you would just want to emulate. He had he had perfect mechanics. He could throw a pitch whenever he wanted, and it would like it, it was he was magic and it, unfortunately it took him a little bit longer to get here obviously we all thought it was going to happen in 09 but they brought in cliff lee and then cliff lee went on that run and that was re- amazing um but i'm just glad that roy halliday came here we graced our city with his presence and the 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 magical moments and unfortunately I never won for him but that guy just gave it all every start and he's like the definition of a, a workhorse and i just uh, i'm excited to see the reception this weekend up at cooperstown
1: yeah me too uh you know obviously all that you said and i mean just think that that the guy his whole career to get to the playoffs pitching at that al east with the uh, yankees and red sox that heyday of that whole thing the orioles were good this guy just never had the chance to get to the playoffs and the first time he takes the ball in the playoffs he goes out and throws one of two no hitters in the history of the sport in the postseason it's just he was that type of guy and um, I'm with you. In my mind, he was a no-doubt Hall of Famer. He was um, the best and one of the best pitchers in the sport for a long period of time, a generational-type guy. Certainly, I think for me, I, you know, I, as old as I am, Jack, yes. I was not around for Carlton. I didn't see any of that. Uh, for me, Roy Halladay's 2010 season, the best season I've ever seen a Phillies pitcher have. Um, in my lifetime, I, I
2: think, yeah, and, um, and see when you
1: take it all into account, everything he did.
2: Yeah. And, and Roy, Roy was one of those athletes that like dude, like the start, the start in Chicago where he's like overheating and like, you could kind of, like you, you, you saw the end coming, you saw like 83 miles an hour and you knew he was like gutting it out, but he just didn't have it anymore. Like seeing Roy hurt like that, like, like hurt. Because he was, like, he's such a guy that would put everything into it, and him not being able to finish it out the way he wanted to go out and and go out like that, like he he just ran out of bullets. And watching the end of Roy Halliday was like this this physically hurts to watch because he was he was so magical, worked so hard, and uh, unfortunately his body just gave out. Uh, but just, he is a total pro, total Hall of Famer. And I, I think he's been underrated when you when co- have a lot of conversations about the greatest starting pitchers from 2000 on. Like everyone talks about Pedro, Randy, Clemens, Schilling, like all those great guys, Messina, I guess, Smaltz, like all those guys. Glavin Maddox. Now we can't forget anyone, you know, since the one time we forgot one player. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that Roy deservedly should so, be mentioned that should be that. So um, I just I'm so glad he was able to pitch here for a little bit and and show us what true professionalism and, and Hall of Fame standard is like.
1: Yeah. And shout out to Mike Musini. You said it. Uh, Edgar Martinez, uh, Ryan Spader, uh, actually playing a role in Edgar getting in is such a cool thing. Um, Edgar, very deserved 312 lifetime hitter. He had a 418 career OBP jack. More career walks than strikeouts. Edgar was awesome. And uh, and Mariano Rivera the f- how stupid is it by the way that it is 2019 and and I absolutely think Mariano Rivera should be a unanimous Hall of Famer. I don't see anyone who should possibly say he doesn't deserve to be. Him, but the fact that it took till 2019 for us to get a unanimous Hall of Famer is one of the dumbest things in sports. Like I've what well, either you're a Hall of Famer or you're not. Like I hated that. I hated. it. I always thought it was so stupid. But I'm happy well, to see that's coming to
2: an end. Well, any the other fact just Griff- general thoughts the fact, on the class? The fact that Griffey wasn't unanimous is ridiculous. I mean,
1: you, fact, I mean, there's so Tank many guys Aaron, who yeah. should have been unanimous. I mean, Carlton, Schmidt, like any of these guys who are just high-level Hall of Famers should be unanimous. Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Baber, like they should all be unanimous. Like yeah. this is stupid.
2: Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But um, I yeah. I, well, I can't believe you forgot Harold Baines. I mean, that's the reason everyone's going <laughs> up.
1: I don't even, I'm trying to not even acknowledge it. <laughs> I'm trying to like pretend that it didn't happen and granted not voted in, you know, the veteran committee, whatever they call it now thing. Um, it's it's a travesty. I, I would go so far as to say that Harold Baines, when he gets elected in or or enshrined on Sunday, will be the worst player in the Hall <laughs> of Fame with the plaque. And no question about it in my mind. The worst player who has a plaque in the Hall of Fame. Harold Baines. So <laughs> <laughs> what an honor! Wow, just—I'm huh? um, <laughs> gonna send this. I'm gonna send, like, this, I'm gonna send this to it's,
2: the the Baines family.
1: Not a Hall of Fame player. Even when he got in, he was like, "Oh wow, I didn't see that coming." But thanks, like you yeah. know, come on. It's it's, it's an just,
2: it's an it's an embarrassment to the museum that won't let Barry Bonds or anyone from the oh, steroid area that actually mattered. mattered.
1: I won't do my rant, but you know my rant. I think it's the the biggest joke in the sport is the fact that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, that these guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's who are you to adjudicate who did and did not do steroids. I guarantee you there are players in the Hall of Fame right now who did steroids. There are players who admitted to doing greenies and stimulants. It's just so silly. Uh, I... You're telling the history of baseball. It's a museum. Barry Bonds the best hitter I ever saw, and there's no question about it. Like that dude should be have a plaque in the museum. I'm going to this weekend.
2: But well, the best hitter I ever saw was Harold Baines. So, <laughs> oh, man. all
1: right, uh, Fritzy, <laughs> it's that time that everyone has been waiting for with bated breath. It's the uh, time to empty
2: out the bag. Um. My first one is the Phillies are showing interest in Drew Smiley. Um I saw
1: that. I love that. That's the exact type of under the radar, no cost type of move they should be making.
2: I, I yeah, I mean, I don't he may not be any good anymore, but there was legit talent in his arm for He was good
1: at one point. He has pitched
2: well in the major leagues and he's a lefty. Before Tommy John, like I, I was always, I always wanted Drew Smiley in fantasy because I thought it was gonna be his breakout season. Even I've if owned
1: him like on yeah.
2: six different
1: teams, like so many different times. So Even I if guess. he
2: doesn't start for this team, I, I don't know why a team hasn't tried to convert him into a, a special a lefty specialist out of the pen. Um, but he put up decent numbers with with the AAA team for the Brewers, um, the Rangers. I mean, he didn't really he got shelved with the Rangers this year. Um, but it's one of those. It's one of those. It, there's no reason not to take a shot on Drew Smiley. Although, if he wasn't getting called up by the Brewers who also can't pitch, don't know if that's a good sign. Um, but I'm in on these kind of guys. Also, um, Jim Salisbury, linked. The, they said they are expressing interest in taking on the, the Granky contract. Um, there was a lot of talk about Miner this week. Um, there was some talk about Robbie Ray. It feels like, listen, if they want to go and, and, and trade for a guy that's going to be here this year... And also next year. I'm totally cool with that. Because um, even though this season is not trending in the direction that we are all hoping, it doesn't mean you have to give up on next season as well like I, I just i put it, banking on them signing garrett colis off season i don't think it's the the smartest path going forward so if you can get a guy now get him in here um uh, lance lynn is signed for the next two seasons i don't know if the rangers would move on from him but he is uh he's signed a three-year 30 million dollar contract so he'd have two years 20 million left on that deal and i think lance lynn i mean watching the other day like 96 with legit two-seam run and a guy that. Theoretically, in your in your mind, we'll give you six or seven innings and two runs or less, and just give me that. Just give me someone that yeah. can, someone a that guy can do. That, that. that
1: I've always liked, and you've ripped me for like, well, because he was bad.
2: Like, Lynn was bad, uh-huh. and then he, uh-huh. he 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 figured out how to throw ninety six, and now he's good. Like, that's, that's you're
1: saying I was right, you were wrong. That's yeah, all right. yeah, I'm just trying to get that. Out. Same with Mike Minor. It's like whenever I like a guy, eventually he'll come that's, around. I, I like s- it.
2: I said Mike Miner would be better than Andrew Miller in this offseason and I was in on Mike Minor, so I don't know what you're talking about.
1: It was well before that, last season. Regardless,
2: um, um, but what I, else. I, but I, I, and I think if I'm if I'm making my untouchables list today, I'm pretty sure my untouchables are, Boom, Spencer Howard and Damon Jones. My I would move in the right deal would be Moniac, Medina, Haysley, and then below that I don't really know. But that's that's where that's where the heads at.
1: I w- I would agree. The uh, you like Damon Jones more than I do, but. I will trust you there for me, Howard and and Bomb. Well, really
2: the only two that stick out to me, but Damon Jones, just uh, some some. You want some spin rate fun? Uh, sure. Uh, Who doesn't love good spin rate fun? Damon Jones, sli- this is a little little birdie. Damon Jones' the slider uh, spin rate was apparently around twenty eight hundred, which is elite. Wow. And His four seam fastball spin rate was around. As uh, it was up to like in the twenty four hundreds, which is wow, which is also super elite. So I just
1: right.
2: he looks like Rich Hill to me. Like when I watch him pitch, he just reminds me of Rich Hill a little bit.
1: Okay. Yeah. I could take Rich Hill. Hopefully, not waiting so long to break out. But no. I could take Rich Hill. What else you got? Uh,
2: Adam Morgan. I think he, I think it's safe to say that he's he's back. Like he, there's. You look
1: great this series. A little bit of looked struggle, great.
2: but he he rounded out. He figured it out. And and Adam Morgan, listen, if they're gonna go on a run here. They need Adam Morgan back, and they need a guy that can.
1: Oh, yeah, one of their three relievers <laughs> that you somewhat trust. Yeah,
2: that'd be good if you go. One get of out. their three that'd actually good, uh, actually good relievers. So yes, um, good to see him back and. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all I got from the notebook. And well, I, let me just do one little thing on the notebook. The uh, Nick Pavetta, once again, uh, where were you and Nick Pavetta no hit the Dodgers? <laughs> <laughs> all right, two of three,
1: <laughs> preferably a sweep against the Byron, then take both against the Tigers. Uh, Fritzie, final thoughts?
2: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, by
1: the way, real quick, High Hopes Night. It's less than a month, August 17th. Come hang out with us. Um, password is High Hopes pin tweet my tweet jack twitter check it out coming out with us it's going to be awesome we've got uh tailgate surprises plan it's going
2: to be awesome i swear he swears he swears folks i swear, I swear. he doesn't he doesn't I swear. um my last final thought is that i feel like reese hoskins hasn't driven the ball in like a month like i don't like it just feels like he's popping up everything, and he just he just hasn't looked right to me in a while. Like he, it's like it's, it's like soft pop ups. It's not like he's really even the hit today was just a poke down the line. Um, yeah,
1: it was like a, a dribbler that just it was a shift hit. It was because of the
2: shift. That yeah, and you can tell he's frustrated at the plate. So while Harper is going, they like. We need Reese to pick it up a little bit. It's this team is is teetering on the edge of a, of a second wild card and uh I'm glad they kind of fell out of the second wild card for a night there so they wouldn't keep saying didn't that You have to hear people say that. Yeah, so they could stop saying that hey, well, we're in the playoffs as the season ended today. That that whole conversation was getting very frustrating. Um they need Reese to step it up. At, at Reese Reese has not been great for what feels like a month and I swear to god every time I look at his stats I'm like, there's no way that's what his stats are. Like, I'm pretty sure his stats right now are like 280 and 400 WP. And I'm just like, Where?
1: when? Like, he just keeps doing it. It's it's unbelievable. I I'm with you. I I feel like he's not playing as well as
2: his stats say he is. But he is. So he is. Well, well I'll take it. I know. I, I I would like to see the. I'm waiting for the the five home runs in six games from Reese though. That'll that'll be nice to see.
1: Alright, I'm with you again uh, Rate and review the podcast uh, We will definitely um, Have fun in Cooperstown and let you know All that we'll, uh, po- we'll
2: bring them recording equipment and In case we see someone that would be of note
1: And like we'll do a idea. little interview I like that idea, look at that Alright, right, so we will. Uh, we will Potentially bring you some bonus content From there as well My final thought, I would just like to congratulate my daughter Zoe on her sterling <laughs> Brilliant
2: High Hopes debut. I would say that Zoe's performance on High Hopes tonight was second, the second most important performance this week behind Nick Pivetta's No Hitter.
1: Yeah, it's a great call <laughs> and probably the second best guest performance on this podcast after Ochart the God, wow. obviously.
2: Wow. Well, congrats you know, to Zoe on making the podcast. I hope she wasn't nervous.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jason Ochart, you know, that's our guy. Yeah. So. Um, no, she did great, and she's sleeping again. So shout out to Zoe. All right, um, until Monday or uh, or until the Hall of Fame. Uh, either way, we will be talking to you soon. We'll uh, talk
0: to you soon. He's Fritz himself, sir. I'll see you later.